minister the gospel, uh, has worked with young people for several years, and uh, had quite of a large youth uh, group, as a matter of fact. And so we're glad to bring to this pulpit tonight Brother Brian Jones. Amen. Everybody say God bless Brother Jones. Clap your hands again to the Lord as the man of God comes. Praise God. Come on, let's love the Lord. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. God, you are worthy to be praised. We magnify you, God. Hallelujah. Come on, would you just lift your hands and love the Lord. Hallelujah. God, we exalt you and praise you today, God. We praise you today, wonderful God. How excellent is thy name. How excellent is thy name. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's get our Bibles. Praise the Lord. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 21. And verse number 2, while you're turning there, it would be an understatement for me to say it would be my privilege to be here, but it is. Thank the Lord for the opportunity to minister at Ark. I have not missed a year, and I don't plan on missing a year if the Lord would be willing. Praise the Lord. I've received so much from the Ark Conference, and um, everywhere I go, I tell everyone how much I highly esteem my pastor, Brother Howard. Praise the name of the Lord. He has been a real friend to me. And um, I thank God for a pastor and a man of God in my life. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Exodus chapter 21, verse number 2. If thou buy an Hebrew servant six years, he shall serve. And in the seventh he shall go out free for nothing. If he came in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he were married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master hath given him a wife, and she hath borne him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters, and he shall go out by himself. Please pay particular attention to verse number 5. And if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him unto the judges. He shall also bring him to the door or unto the doorpost. And this master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. In verse number 1, if you have it, could you say praise the Lord? And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Praise the Lord. Can I get you to lay your Bibles down, please? And would you one more time ask the Lord for his touch on this service right now? Come on, everybody in the house, would you ask the Lord today? God, we need your touch today. God, we are a people that are in need of your presence. We are a people, oh God, that are desperate. We are a people, oh God, that are hungry for the mind and the will of the Spirit. God, we are asking you today, God, to anoint us that we might do the will of God tonight, Lord. God, give us ears that we can hear what the Spirit would say to us, God. Give us a heart and a mind, God's understanding, God, to the Word. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Would you clap your hands to the Lord, please? 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we love you. God, we love you. God, we love you. God, we love you. Come on, everybody that's in this place. God, we love you. God, you're worthy to be praised. You're worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Shake someone's hand and you may be seated. Praise God. With the help of the Lord this evening, I'm going to preach to you for just a few moments. I realize I'm on a time schedule, so I'm going to move quickly. Would you preach with me today? Praise the name of the Lord. I'm going to preach to you out of Exodus chapter 21 and verse number 5. And if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go free. And I simply want to preach to you today. Somebody needs to plainly say, I love my master. I love my master. Now I want to begin by preaching today, by letting you know the Bible is very explicit of God's nature, explaining that God will not tolerate being second place in anybody's life. Praise the name of the Lord. The Bible lets us know that you cannot serve two masters, that ye will either love the one or hate, to the one, hate the other, or you will cling to the one and despise the other. The Bible says you cannot be in love with man and be in love with God at the same time. You cannot serve two masters. It is impossible. I want to tell you something today as I go into this message. I believe that God is looking for a generation of young people, a generation of young ladies and young men who do not have second loves in their life. The Bible said about the end time church in Revelation that he was concerned about them because they had left their first love. They had come to a condition to where that they had fallen in love with something else other than God. God became something as a secondary thing in their life. I want to preach to someone this evening. You've got to beware of anything that would be a second love in your life. According to the Word of God, there is no such a thing as a gray area. There is no such a thing as living for God, but yet loving the world. There is no such a thing as saying that I am sold out to God, but yet you love to do the things of the world. It's totally impossible according to the will of God. Can somebody say praise the Lord? Now I do want to tell you this. In order for you to understand and understand how much God loves you, I've got to take you all the way back to Calvary. And we don't hear much preached about Calvary anymore, and I think we need to. Because that is the very crux of why you and I were here. God did not count the cost. There was not a time where he said, what am I going to lose if I, if, if I die for humanity? But he came with a purpose here on this earth. Yes, his flesh rebelled just like what our flesh would rebel. But he knew in order for us to be saved that you and I were going to have to, he was going to have to die for you and I on Calvary. Can you say praise the Lord? I want you to clap your hands to the Lord right now. Would you do that? The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9 that you are a chosen generation and a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. Now I'm just going to tell you something today. That God did not save you and God did not redeem you. So you could sit there and go unconcerned and apathetic on a Pentecostal pew. Well, praise the Lord. 
I want to tell you this. God did not save you and put his spirit inside of you so you could look down your pharisaical nose at people that don't have the Holy Ghost and say, well, aren't they just a dirty person? Well, look at them. Look at the lifestyle that they are living. Can I preach to you today the reason that God brought you out of the sewer of the world and put you on a Pentecostal pew is so you could be a light unto a lost generation. Praise God. And I'm going to say this, the last thing this world needs is another dead, dry, lifeless church. We don't need another dead church in this city or in the city that you're living in. We need a church and we need young people that are feel full of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want to preach to you today. You can say you want revival all you want to. And you can wave your flag and say you want revival. But when you sit there like God has never done anything for you, honey, your talk is cheap. If you want to move a God, it better show on the outside. Well, praise God, praise God, praise God. I want to tell you what, we should not be a sad people. We should not go around like we drink a gallon of lemon juice and wash it down with a quart of prune juice. You ought to lift your head up and thank God that you got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I get so tired of this poor, pitiful, Pentecostal mentality that we say, oh my, I'm going to hang my head at school when somebody says I'm Pentecostal. I'm going to walk around when somebody says what kind of religion they am. I'm going to say I'm Pentecostal. I'm Pentecostal. Praise God. Be seated. I'm just going to tell you this, and, I, and this is my personal opinion. I guess everybody's been giving it this week. Why not another one? You know what I mean? But I want to tell you this. I believe it's time for somebody to make up their mind whether they're going to serve God or they're going to serve the devil. Somebody's got to get a backbone. You've got to get some guts about you, honey. You can't live on your mom and dad's commitment the rest of your life. You can't live on your mom and dad's prayer life. Your mom and dad's worship. Praise God. The Bible says that the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, I will not go free. Now I'm just going to tell you something. According to this, uh, this scripture here in Exodus chapter 21, that there was no leeway in this man's life. That he had made up his mind that he was going to serve God. That there was not any turning to the left or turning to the right. There was no double-mindedness in this man. You see, he wanted the world to know. He wanted the world to know who I really belong to. He wanted everybody around him to know that there's a mark that I'm going to have on me that I belong to the master. There's a mark on me that I want the world to know who really I serve. I want to preach to you today for just a few moments. Can you imagine the people around him saying, listen, man, don't do it. Once you put your ear to that gate, and once he drives your ear through with an awe, you are bound to serve him forever. There is no turning back. 
you're making a big mistake if you do it. I'm going to preach to you today. There is only one way to serve God. It is either all or it is nothing. I want to preach to somebody today. Sometimes you got to make a point. you got to bring yourself to a point that the world's going to know who my master really is. You can always tell those that really have a mark of serving God. They're not ashamed of the way they dress. They're not ashamed of the way they worship. They're not ashamed to be called a one God apostolic tongue-talking young person. Praise God. Praise God. Oh my God, I want the Lord to help me tonight because somebody needs this revelation. Can I preach to you? You know when it becomes hard to live for God? is when the love is not there. When you lose the love, it don't matter. It becomes nothing but rules. It becomes nothing but regulations. It becomes nothing but do's and don'ts. Somebody needs to say, I love my master. Praise the name of the Lord. Get your eyes off of people that don't want to serve God. I want to say that again. Get your eyes off of the half-hearted. Get your eyes off of those that are cold. Get your eyes off of those that are backsliding. You listen to me. Everybody is not backsliding. Everybody is not turning their back on God. Everybody is not denying this truth. There are young people in this place right now. You're in love with God. You are in love with God. But I want to tell you, you got to plainly say it. You got to get some boldness down inside of you. I'm in love with God. I dress this way not because my pastor is going to come down on me, but I dress this way because I am in love with God. God's got to deliver us from preacher religion. The only time we'll worship is when our pastor walks in the auditorium. The only time we praise him is somebody's looking over our shoulder. Honey, you got some developed some convictions on your own. You've got to develop some convictions of your own. The man of God in your life is not always going to be there looking over your shoulder saying, don't do that. Please be seated. Well, I feel like I'm trying to preach to somebody right now. I'm going to tell you what I'm interested in. I'm interested in a generation of young people that are in love with God. You hear me? When you fall in love with God, nobody's going to have to cheerlead you to worship Him. You say, preacher, that's a bunch of hype. Some of you need a bunch of hype in your life. Some of you need a move of God in your life. Don't tell me you're desperate for God to touch you and you sit there and move and untouched by God. 
Hallelujah. I've had young people tell me and try to convince me how hard it is to live for God. And I can trace it. Let me tell you something, church. I know the Bible lets us know that in the last days iniquity shall abound so the love of many is going to wax cold. And I know there are spirits that have been unleashed in this world in, 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 a, in a paramount amount. But I do want to tell you this. I cannot help but think in my heart that if there is nothing inside of you that appeals to what hell is trying to tempt you with, it doesn't matter how hot the, the heat gets. If you've got a love for God, it's never going to turn you away from God. I preach to you today the most important thing in your life is not making more money. It is not wearing designer clothes. It is not driving faster, nicer cars. But it is simply being in love with Jesus. You gotta fall in love with him. You gotta love him. I wanna drive this point home because I feel like we need to hear this right now. You want to tell you what let God help me in this little bitty revelation concerning holiness in John 14 and 5. He's done 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. It all goes back to you falling in love with God. If you love me, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Please be seated. When the love is gone, it's something you have to do. When the love is gone, coming to church is something that you are forced to do. When the love is missing, it's nothing more than do's and don'ts. What do I have to? Can I tell you this? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20, For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify your God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 18, For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without spot and without blemish. You know when it becomes bondage? It's when you fall out of love with him. I'm going to tell you something. My pastor knows I preach holiness and I preach it straight. But I want to tell you this. Don't tell me that you can live sanctified without the love of God in your life. Don't tell me that you're a Christian. If all you do is just go by the rules and regulations that's in the word of God. But yet the love for God is not there. Well, I'm going to preach it whether you like it or whether you believe it or not. you got to love him. Your worship's got to come from love, not because somebody pumps you up and somebody cheerleads you. We do not need finer buildings. Thank God for big buildings. We do not need finer sound systems. We do not need all the luxuries that we have, and thank God for them. But oh my God, if I can tell you something that we do need, we need a burning love for God. A love for God that it doesn't matter what hell would put in my way. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to love him. I'm going to fall in love with him today. Would you just raise your hands right now? 
Come on, come on. Somebody help me pray right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you this. I have been to places and I've seen, I've seen people, they got their sleeves right, they got their hair right, they got everything on the outside right. But they are totally consumed with a spirit of complacency. They are eaten up with, I'm just a good old boy, so we're just going to go through the motions and not really have a move of God. I've seen people come to the house of God with the attitude as if they really deserved what God has done for them. Well, God, you ought to be glad that I showed up tonight. I'm here. Look at me. I'm going to tell you something. God despises that mentality. You listen to me tonight. I despise a spirit of fornication. And I hate a spirit of lust and immorality. But you better listen to me tonight, honey. There is something even that's a greater sin than that. And that is a spirit of complacency. Because it'll lead you to those other spirits. I fear those spirits. And anybody in their right mind doesn't want that kind of stuff in their church. But if I read the Bible correctly, there were two spirits that destroyed Jesus Christ. It was a spirit of tradition, and it was a spirit of complacency. It was not lust. It was not fornication. You know what shut the move of God down? It's the people that were satisfied with what they had. It was a bunch of Pharisees and a bunch of Sadducees that you couldn't touch the outside but the inside was full of dead men's bones. They were full of corruption and they were full of self-satisfaction. It didn't matter how many miracles they seen, they were going to sit there and not move. It didn't matter how many people were touched to say, it wasn't going to move me. You listen to me, honey. You better be concerned about a spirit of complacency that would try to grip your life. I'm going to tell you this, there's nothing more that I hate than a hypocrite. I can't stand hypocrites. I don't think anybody in their right mind likes hypocrites. But I'm going to tell you this. Since when could we come to the house of God and sit through a move of God and sit through the presence of the Lord and not respond to Him? You better listen to me tonight. You can walk into this place and your holiness can be where it's supposed to be. And the Spirit of the Lord can begin to move and God pass you right up. I ain't about to qualify anything I'm saying. Because I'm going to tell you something. We need some people. We need some straight talk. We need some young people that will make a commitment to God. Why don't you quit going with the flow of the rest of your youth group? Well, preacher, nobody else wants revival. Who fed you that line of garbage? Well, preacher, it's just too hard to have a move of God. Why is it too hard to have a move of God? Because you're satisfied where you are. 
Well, we had three get the Holy Ghost in the last two or three years. God, deliver us from that mentality. Set us free from satisfaction. I'm trying to stir something in these young people tonight. Young people, you better listen to this preacher. The only thing that's going to keep you alive is your desire for the things of God. The only thing that's going to keep you moving and keep your spirit alive is that you've got an unquenchable desire to see God move in your life. Somebody clap their hands to the Lord right now. I'll tell you this it needs to bother us it needs to bother us young people when we don't have people pray through in our altars it bothers me when people lose their holiness it bothers me to see people turn their back on God but my God to the same extent it bothers me when I see altars that are barren and people that ain't got the Holy Ghost It bothers me to the core of my soul when we can come inside self-righteous, self-satisfying, but yet our altars are barren and we don't have visitors and nobody's getting the Holy Ghost. This is as much truth as I was preaching holiness right now. It's just some of you don't like what I'm preaching. That's fine. But you listen right now. The reason he saved you is the reason he brought you out of that pit of the world is so you could be a light to this generation. I want to ask you a question. Who are you worried about pleasing? Who are you worried about pleasing? Are you going to crumble to the pressure? Are you going to crumble to the pressure of your youth group that says if you begin to take a step spiritually, you're going to be mocked? Are you going to crumble to the pressure of your school that says if I stand up and make a point for God that I'm going to be ridiculed? Do you know what you need to do? You need to go sit somewhere on a Baptist pew for about a year and feel what it's like to not feel the presence of God. And then you will come back saying, God. You'll come back and say, thank God. Thank God for truth. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for a move of God. I'm going to tell you this. You can have holiness and revival at the same time. Set me free from the mentality that says, because we live a godly separated life, that we are the off-scouring of the world and nobody wants what we have. You know nobody wants what we have at times? It's because you act like you ain't in love with God. If you would lift your head up and act like you were in love with God, they would say, my God, there's something about that person. They got something I want. They got something I need. 
Somebody clap their hands right now. I said the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. God is trying to challenge us in this end time hour, young people. You got a choice. You can crumble to the pressure of the world. Or you can stand up and do what's right before God. Spineless religion is not going to save you. Weak commitment is not going to save you. Half-hearted worship is not going to save you. Going to the motions is not going to save you. I want to tell you what. Somebody tonight needs to understand what I'm talking about right now. Because I feel with all of my heart, there's going to be a spirit that's going to come into your life. And it's going to try to get you to be satisfied with your walk with God. It's going to try to get you to be complacent with what God has done for you. And then because you are, you cut off the blessings of God in your life. the way I feel about it. You let them mock you. You let them run your mouth, their mouth at you. You let them stand and make fun of you. But you understand something today. When the dust clears, honey, those that are going to be standing is those that have made up their mind, I'm going to please God above everybody else. When this battle is over, it's going to be those that got a made-up mind. I'm going to please God. Whether I have you as my friend or not, whether I please you or not, I've got to please God. Everybody stand to their feet right now, please. I want to tell you this. That every time hell comes against you and tries to get you to be satisfied, And try to get you to fall to peer pressure. And try to get you to remain in a state of satisfaction. You need to remember. The only thing that's going to save you. Is your love for God. The only thing that's going to keep you when the trial comes. And the only thing that's going to cause you to do right and really be pleasing to God is if you really, really, really fall in love with God. I want every young person in this place to please close your eyes. I want you to bow your heads with me right now. God is trying to restore something in this end time hour. God is trying to restore something more than just standards. More than just do's and don'ts. But God is trying to restore a real deep love for Him. Right now, I want every young person in this place, if you please, begin to pray with me right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. 
The Spirit of the Lord is moving right now. And He is reaching for somebody that is hungry for Him. He is reaching for somebody that desires a real walk and a real relationship with Him. I want to open up these altars right now. We don't have much time. If you want to come and pray, I want to give these young people a few moments to pray. We've had the rest of this conference to the adults. Right now it's time for the young people. I want you to step out of where you're standing right now. And I want you to come to this altar with a made-up mind that I'm going to serve God. I want you to come to this altar with a made-up mind that I'm never turning back, preacher. I'm never turning back, preacher. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Come on, young people. It's got to go beyond just rules and regulations. Come on. It's got to go beyond just do's and don'ts. But I got to fall in love with him again. Don't point your finger at everybody else. The focus is on you tonight. Restore our love. Return to your first love. Return to your first love. Hallelujah. Have your way. Come on, that's it. Cry out to God. Restore my love, God. Restore my love for your word. Restore my love for your presence. Restore. Come on, let it get down deep. Let it get down deep. God, let me fall in love with you once again. Come on, that's it. Let the tears flow. Let the tears flow. You can make it. You can make it. 